Hi, I'm Elia Einhorn. Welcome to the TalkHouse Music Podcast. Here at the TalkHouse, we pair notable musicians for thoughtful, unmoderated conversations and release new talks each week. Regular listeners will have caught recent episodes like Pavement Stephen Malcolmus with Holy Sons Ema Lemos or Tori Amos with Shirley Manson of Garbage. Check out these and all of our past episodes and subscribe to get new ones on Stitcher or iTunes. Today's episode pairs Rachel Goswell of Slow Dive with Japanese Breakfast's Michelle Zahner. Rachel Goswell is a founding member of UK Shoegaze pioneer Slow Dive. The band released three LPs, most notably 1993's Gorgeous Souvlaki. Following the release of their 1995 album Pygmalion, Goswell, along with fellow Slow Dive co-founder Neil Halstead and drummer Ian McCutcheon, formed the country-tinged dream pop group Mojave 3, who would go on to release five albums. Goswell has also released music as a solo artist and is part of the supergroup Minor Victories, along with members of Mogwai and editors. In 2014, Slow Dive reformed to rapturous response from fans. And just last Tuesday, they announced that their first album in 22 years would be coming out May 5th. Japanese Breakfast is the nom de guerre of Michelle Zahner, who got her start as a member of the Philadelphia band Little Big League. Her 2016 LP Psychopomp is dream pop perfection. Songs of heartbreaking loss and hilariously fucked up love share space in the tracklist, and the sweetest melodies belie a heart on the edge. Japanese Breakfast's follow-up comes out at the end of July. Goswell and Zahner are fans of each other's music, but before this conversation, they had only met quickly at a show they played together in Brussels. With Slowdive and Japanese Breakfast gearing up to tour the US together, we thought it was the perfect time to pair these two for a TalkHouse Music Podcast episode. Their fantastic chat takes in the vicissitudes of Goswell's professional and personal relationship with Neil Halstead over the decades, Slow Dive's relearning old material via fan videos on YouTube, the two nerding out on gear, and exciting new details about Slow Dive and Japanese Breakfast's upcoming LPs. Check it out. Hello. How are you? Hi. <laughs> I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. When was the last time that you were in the US? If it wasn't last year, it was the year before. My memory is so hazy. <laughs> we were in, no, that was last year. Well, yeah, yeah, we, we were. <laughs> we were. <laughs> we went to LA last year to do Burgerama Festival. Oh, wow. And I got the norovirus. <laughs> Not so good. Oh my gosh! Yes, yeah. So I didn't actually do the gig. I did. I couldn't do the gig. I could, we we got in on the Friday night and everything was fine. We had dinner. We all kind of we split off. We splintered off and had dinner in different places. And then I I woke up at half nine in the morning and just puked. And then both ends for about five hours. <laughs> it was horrific. It was really horrific. And we were supposed. Oh no! All that way. Yeah, that's literally the only time in my life that I've never done a show. The wow. only time, and um, so they went and did the show without me, and then they had to get the evening flight to Mexico, and then we had reports back that the following morning that the our sound engineer Michael started throwing up and everything on the flight to Mexico City. Oh god! He had it on the plane I- there. They got to Oh no. They got to the airport and spent four hours going through customs with him just throwing up everywhere. At which point Neil Oh my god. At which point Neil started throwing up. So then he got oh it. Oh my god. <laughs> I could 
can laugh about it now. But yeah, so so basically that was the show day in Mexico. We did manage to do the, the gig that night and I Neil just him and Michael, our sound engineer, were throwing up all day and hats off to them. We did the gig. Neil had a bucket side stage. I, I've known him for a oh god. 38 years I have never wow. I've never seen him look so ill in my life I was like, I don't know how he did it yeah that was the last kind of American trip and first time in Mexico sounds great what what is it like to be in a band with someone you've known for over 30 years how do you not hate each other or do you and just get over it um I think well I think you know Neil and I have got our We've got a lot of history, obviously. We we went out with each other, but, I mean, that was over 20 years ago. And uh, he was actually the first boyfriend I lived with. So, I mean, I left home at 18. I moved into a house with Neil. But um, it's 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 okay. I think we know each other so well now, and we don't hate, <laughs> we don't hate each other. There were times where we <laughs> did really hate each other uh, many years ago. Um but I think, I don't know, it's okay. It's quite comfortable. It's quite a comfortable friendship, really. And, you know, we um, we did two bands together. We did Mojave 3 after that for five records and ten years after Slow Dies. So it couldn't have been that bad for us to continue working <laughs> with each other. Um, but, you know, all, all the guys in the band, the rest of them I've known... Uh, not quite that long, but since we were six, 16, 17. So it's comfortable, you know, it's com- it's yeah, like... What is what is the secret behind that? I feel like I've like only known my bandmates for like a year. I already despise them. <laughs> Get rid of them. No. You just spend so much time together that it's just like... Well, you do, but you, you, you kind of... I mean, everybody's really different. We've all got quite different personalities and... Uh, it's like it's family, isn't it? It's like family, and you, you. Well, I don't know. I guess we. Well, I don't know. I think it's worse than family because you have to spend even more time together. Yeah. Because you're working together and you're traveling together and you're sleeping in the same room and like for us we're still like sharing beds and so it's just awful. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to do the sharing beds thing, but yeah, no, it is. It's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> You've graduated that phase. <laughs> Well, I, I, I kind of always managed, being the only female in the band, I always managed to not have to do that. I think we used to, like, mm-hmm. share share rooms occasionally when we were much younger, but now I'm just like, just give me my own room, just I want my space. <laughs> and I am um, very much, you know, I, I definitely, well, it's like an unwritten rule anyway with me. It's like... You know, I like my space. I think when we when we regrouped in 2014 and we did a lot of festivals and the guys are going, oh, you know, well, we could just share rooms if we need to. Obviously, Rachel gets her own room. I'm like, obviously, I get my own room. Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. I'm not sharing with any of you. But, um, <laughs> but then, you know, by and large, when you're doing festival shows, you get you get hotels included. So, um, so they all, you know, had this luxury of having their own rooms and they were all like, Oh, it's really great. Really like having the space. <laughs> Don't want to share. We're all like, yeah, you know, we can just spend, you know, time on travelling and la-di-la. But when it comes to the hotels, everyone's like, yeah, 
actually it's really nice having the space and yeah yeah so yeah maybe that's an age thing as well i don't well no it probably isn't an age thing to be fair I think when you're a lot younger, you, you, you're just kind of willing to do whatever. I'm like talking about mm-hmm. when you're really, you know, when you're like 19, 20 and you're starting out. And I mean, obviously, if we if we really had to do that, I'm sure we would. But I met you briefly uh, in Brussels mm-hmm. when we played together in uh, Botanique when you were with Minor Victories. What is the, how different is that experience playing uh, with a new band versus uh, with people you've known for a very long time. How did that connection with Stuart happen? And well, yeah, um, I I met Stuart in two thousand and fourteen when we we ended up doing a lot of the same festivals as Mogwai. I think we probably had a bit of banter on Twitter prior to meeting him, as you do, and <laughs> uh, and Stuart. I mean, he he fucking loves Twitter. He's never off it. <laughs> he told he he's, he's Talks about me and his um his girlfriend being like you know social media <laughs> social media horse but like you're always on social media I'm like I love Instagram that's that's where that's what I really love I'm like you uh-huh. you said you're always on Twitter if you're not replying to emails I'm like where's Stuart today just look on Twitter and there's like about a hundred tweets a day from him I'm like <laughs> you can tweet all day but you can't reply to your emails. But um, but we we met uh, uh, in Portugal at Primavera, and I think I gave them a bottle of whiskey from my rider when we were leaving, and they were like, "Oh, they're like that," and uh, they they were like, "Are you sure?" And we're like, "I'm like yes," because Neil had whiskey on the rider, and literally nobody was drinking it. It's just a complete waste of a rider, really. So we swapped it for two bottles of gin, which became the drink of choice. Um, but anyway, I like Stuart. I got on well with him. And um, Justin Lockie sent me some demos and asked if I wanted to do some writing with him. So we started doing that. And then after a few months, we were like, need somebody else. And I just immediately thought about Stuart because he's such a fucking great guitar player. And I thought it would be an interesting dynamic. And I didn't actually think he'd say yes. Um <laughs> He, he said yes and uh, obviously and uh, then we ended up doing the record and then the first re- I mean we did all that record remotely so the first time we were all together in a room was in around this time last year which is really weird this time last year I went up to Scotland to rehearse with them and that was the first time that was only the second time I'd met James plays bass because I'd only met him in December when we went to the Piaz offices to discuss a, a record deal with them. That's the first time I met him. Justin was like, my, wow. my brother plays bass. I'm like, all right then, it's fine. And, you know, <laughs> did some so and did some of the writing. So it was really weird. That first rehearsal was very, very weird. I just sat there. I was just, I remember feeling really, really nervous. And I was sick as well. I, was, I had the whole, like, and I lost my voice after about five hours. Oh, God. I'd had a really bad cold. My, my son is like a constant stream of bugs so whenever I'm home I'm, I'm constantly wiping his nose and, and just praying I don't get sick so it's it's always a juggling act and I remember just looking around the room just going fuck I, I really don't know anyone in this room very well and we're about to release the record and go oh, <laughs> and go oh my god so it was a little bit daunting but <laughs> to say the least I was really out of my comfort zone with it initially I think However, I think it's one of the best things I've done because I think it's good. It's good to push yourself and 
and do things the like show that. was amazing i loved it thank you i felt i felt so lucky because it was a happy accident because uh they just lopped us on to we didn't know i think until like a week before or something that we got to combine shows um and i was so surprised because uh i was just you know hawking my own merch outside and uh stewart came out and started just he was like do you want to trade band shirts and i was like excuse me he totally (laughs) loves you he's like oh amazing that was like unreal and then you know there were a bunch of fans that came over and they're like is rachel coming out and it's like why would rachel come out and then there you were (laughs) that's amazing i feel like there's a lot of people that don't take the time to do that because it's a, it's exhausting to be on you know the road all the time and then play a show and then get you know to take the time to to still speak to your fans is really amazing I was really surprised that you mm. came out not because I didn't expect you because of your person just I I felt like uh it was just surprising to to see you out there it was amazing yeah oh I yeah I I tend to most of the time I, I do go out I like meeting people and there will always be people that come into the gigs that I know that I need to come out and see. And um, mm-hmm. I tend to be the last one out to see people. Mm-hmm. I tend to be like, oh, I just need a few minutes and a glass of wine. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> Just to, um, you know, just to relax. And the rest of them are always like kind of straight out there. Mm-hmm. That was the mind of victory's way. Like, do the gig. Right, come on, Goswell. Let's get out there. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Bless you, Mr. Lockie. But um, yeah, I, I like going out. I like talking to people. I like doing it. It's interesting meeting people and, you know, and people come to see you and it's kind of, well, it's obviously the people that come to see you that keep your band going effectively, don't they? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. It's amazing, like, all those years to be able to still still do that. I mean, I do it every time and I really enjoy it, but I wondered if I'd do it for a couple more, if I'd, I'd be a diva and become <laughs> tired of it. Probably, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to make the effort, but I'm kind of really worried about retaining my voice. If I talk, mm-hmm, if I talk mm-hmm. too much, and I have a tendency to talk too much mm-hmm. by nature. Although Neil has been, I've been on email going, oh, yeah, I might, might have to like curb the interviews on the American run. Neil's going, Rachel, that's great. Just shut up. It's just, it's going, and he he was replying, going, oh, I was going to just so you could extend that and just not not even talk at all ever <laughs> on the bus because we're on a sleeper bus I'm like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's where this friendship goes so long you know? <laughs> he's like you could just say nothing all day we won't mind I'm like yeah fine <laughs> impossible yeah, probably yeah <laughs> what was the process like for this this new record um it was it took us a while it took a while for it to come together because we we recorded um we did like a few weekends in 2015 and 2016. Some of that was just <clears throat> jamming in a rehearsal room and uh, then recording stuff. And then Neil would, and there would just be like snippets of ideas or Neil would come in with like basic ideas, you know, like sort of melody and, and some some lyrics. I think some lyrics. And he would take it away. So we'd just record stuff. He would take stuff back to he's got a studio down in Cornwall where he lives and just fuck around with the structures and change things around and kind of present them back to us. And it, so it was quite a gradual process and everybody, everybody's everybody got kids. So and we all live in different parts of the country. We're all in the south, but we're kind of spread out. 
quite a lot. And um, so it was logistically, the most difficult thing was, was finding the time where we could all physically be together and, and do stuff. But there was a, a couple of runs last year where there were like a couple of two-week blocks in the studio to uh, do the record. Is the songwriting and recording process pretty similar to what it was like before for the other records? I think each record's been different. I think, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I my, to be fair, my memory is quite hazy about a lot of it when I was younger. Uh, yeah, probably on another planet a lot of the time when I was younger, to be honest, <laughs> which is partially why I can't remember. The first record was recorded i think we did we did it in the space of like six weeks in the studio we lied to creation and told them we had an album's worth of material and we we literally had nothing so then we had (laughs) the naivety of 19 year olds good it's fine sign a three album deal and so then we were in a studio and blindly panicked and somehow just for a day came out of that. I mean, I mean, you know, all of those, I think all of those songs, trying to remember what's on that record, I think all of those pretty much were all written by Neil anyway. Um, and they would have been rehearsed in the studio and recorded. And Suflaki was, was, I think Suflaki is very well documented uh, through, you know, Pitchfork, uh, that documentary and stuff. So, yeah, I love that documentary. Yeah, it's kind of, I had to hide behind a cushion when I watched it. I was like, I'm sure I can bet. Because n- none of us knew what, we were all interviewed separately, so none of us knew what any of us had said. So it's kind of, it, it was quite, it was quite weird. Now, you know, I was a bit like, I was probably quite guarded when I was doing that. I was like, well, how much am I going to say? But I think it, it turned out okay, but it is very weird watching that back and thinking back to that time because it wasn't a happy time, to be fair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty fucked mm-hmm. up. So, it's yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, yeah. And then Pygmalion was very different because that was mainly... I was in the studio the whole time with Neil when that's been recorded and the band had kind of splintered quite a lot by that point Christian and Nick were in and out a little bit Simon wasn't in the band by then he'd left because um, he thought he was being replaced by a drum machine which he wasn't we just got a drummer in Ian who ended up in Mojave so um, I think it's one mm, I don't know different different again you know 20 odd years have passed everybody uh, pretty much everybody in the band has musically done other things and I think everybody has grown over the years you know personally and professionally (laughs) Uh, Simon does a lot of avant-garde stuff and you know he's like if you heard this um I don't know whether you'll know it you know like the BBC in this country there's uh it's like a nature program spring watch so you know it's all about nature and the countryside and all the animals and birds and insects and Simon has been interviewed on Springwatch which we were like god Simon you're on Springwatch that's amazing <laughs> for what because he goes out where he lives and and sort of around Cambridge and the fens he goes out and he he records he just records nature and then he he oh, wow. he he does a lot of uh I don't even know how you describe it. it. Like field recording. Yeah, yeah, field recordings. That's exactly what he does. Yeah, that's what he does. 
So when we regrouped in 2014, I remember we were in France at a festival in Nîmes and <laughs> we were walking around. We were walking around this building and we, we stopped somewhere and there were just loads of birds going nuts. And he suddenly whipped his phone out and was recording. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just recording it for a future, you know, song or whatever. Um, so, wow. yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different things and Simon... Um, brought different things to the new record as well. In oh, wow. In, so there are some of those field recordings on the new record? Well, well I'm not sure there's field recordings on it. Well, we hear a lot of squawking birds on this new album. <laughs> there's no nature on there. No, no. But, you know, he's he's done interesting things uh, in only the way that Simon could do. So there, there, there are different elements. So I think people have brought different things maybe to this record. I mean, there's recognisable slow dive bits, but there are different bits there. What can I say? I'm excited for it to come out anyway. I am too. The the single sounds amazing. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still learning the words to that one. <laughs> How is it relearning material? I guess in 2014 you you kind of kickstarted like relearning material. Was there were there any songs that you were really looking forward to playing or or not looking forward to playing? Um I don't, oh, I don't know. I always really enjoy doing Souflaki Space Station. I don't do much on that, to be fair. I just sing, but um, <laughs> but I, I enjoy watching Christian play with his guitar. <laughs> I, like, I like doing my bit, and then I like standing back at my amp, and then I just watch him because I just think he's. A, I, I just love watching Christian play. I think he's incredible. Uh, I mean, we did we did refer to YouTube quite a lot to remember things and there was some guy <laughs> there was a guy on YouTube that's done an excellent tutorial on machine gun which Christian was like I've just been watching this bloke uh, that's amazing nailed it so so there was a little there was a little to bit think of that, that yeah. <laughs> I hope that that person listens to this because I feel like if you're a huge fan of a band and they, the band has to <laughs> watch you dissect their song uh You've, your life is complete, you know, you can mm. just, you, you're finished. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but he was, um, I think he got it all right. It, you know, it was all sort of correct. And we kind of used that, or the guys use that as a guideline for the guitars and machine gun, particularly. That's amazing. Because <laughs> weren't quite sure about, and I could never remember guitar tunings because most of the guitar tunings aren't normal. So, and I don't play guitar too much, actually, but... Uh, mm-hmm. On the, I don't know, certainly don't do any of the recording. I just do the live stuff. Just add a little mm-hmm. bit where it's needed. But um, I'm terrible at remembering stuff like that. What is what is your, your rig like right now? Small. Mine's really small. <laughs> I don't need much. <laughs> I, just, I just use a distortion pedal and a delay pedal. Which, which distortion pedal do you use? I, I, I use a Sonic Titan by Dan. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I think it's possibly I, I don't th- I don't know how many of those were made, but um, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't think you can get it anymore. I like it, and I've got a classic. I've got a fuzz pedal which um, I occasionally whack on when Neil's not looking and he can't do anything <laughs> about it, which is called a sodomizer, which is quite. <laughs> <laughs> I like looking like you know, you're. you're we're about 30 foot away from me. That's going on. You can't do it. <laughs> and uh, I use a, we all use a new neighbour, I don't know how you pronounce it, new neighbour, 
N-E-U N-A-B-E-R New Neighbour uh, Wet Reverb Pedals but cool. Neil and Christian have got shitloads of pedals they've got loads I can't wait to peek at everybody's well yeah I mean stuff. You, you'll be able to actually <laughs> have a very good look at what they use <laughs> My mine mine is very unimpressive, but uh, they have loads of stuff, and uh, I'm also we'll be playing a little bit of keyboards. So we used the Juno on the record, so I'm going to be doing some. Keyboards I love that as well. Not a lot. There's a lot of Juno on my new record as well. It's yeah. so fun. Yeah, well, we've we've just bought our second one because we bought one. Well, we borrowed which, ju- which Juno. Uh, one o. There's like the sixty and the one o six or something. That's like the big ones. That's the one, the 106, oh, just my brain. Yeah, it's 106. And we, we borrowed one for recording from um, editors because we share management and they've just got ridiculous amounts of equipment. So we, we borrowed theirs. And uh, so we've been rehearsing for a month now. And um, But there aren't that many available to, to buy yeah. over here. That's You know, there were only about eight I think on gum we looked on Gumtree, which is, I suppose must be like Craigslist, that sort of thing. Yeah. And um Whoa. <laughs> and we were a bit like, fuck, we we need newer. And then we were like, should we get a brand new keyboard that's not a Juno but that has the sound because it'll be reliable for touring? So I looked at a few different options and then Neil's like Neil's like, No, we need to we need to get a one oh six. We've got just nothing, nothing compares to it and all this sort of stuff. So <laughs> So we found another one and touch wood tattoo wood heavily right now um it seems to be fine but we've got a little backup one of the juno you know the six you can plug into the midi keyboard as a backup just in case we have a disaster on the road hopefully we won't but um yeah it's been a bit of a learning curve the whole it's weird because when we started when neil and i started a band at school i played keyboards that's how it started that's how i started doing it yeah, and then he got ditched at some point, quite early on. When I got, you know, a guitar. I played guitar from a young age as well, but uh, yeah. That's funny. I had a similar experience with the Juno because uh, we have a new record coming out in July and there's a lot of Juno on that record and uh, it also was really fucking noisy. Mm. Um but at the end of the song, like you can, one of the songs you can hear it, and it sounds a lot like the it sounds like an ocean. Yes. So we just yeah. kept, we just kept it, and then we put an extra ocean sample on top of it to like trans uh, to uh, have the songs transition. It was like one of those happy accidents of just like it's not supposed to be doing that, but I kind of like it. It's great. <laughs> it's great when that happens, though, isn't it? When you're recording and then stuff happens like that, you say like happy accidents, and you get like little unexpected things come up that just end up sounding fucking amazing and you're like yeah. totally yeah love that do you feel like over these years of um do you have like a skill set that you bring into a record like after many years of songwriting and recording like i pers- personally for me i go through blocks where i can write and blocks where just nothing happens and i can't ever explain it if it's either there or or it isn't, and um, I think you know, if you were asking Neil the question, I'm sure he'd have a f- much better answer <laughs> than I would than mm-hmm. I would to the way to the way he writes. But uh, for me personally, I I honestly I just wing it. I think I wing it a lot. <laughs> I just wing it. I just yeah, wing it. Yeah. I just wing it. You know, 
I mean, I did, I you know, with the Slow Dive record, I haven't done any writing on it. I don't, uh, there's two songs which are co-writes for the whole band. There's eight songs on the record. Six of them are, are Neil's. Two of them are, are all of us. With the Minor Victory stuff, I did a lot of writing. Yeah. And and that's a very different band because I'm the singer in that band. So Slow Dive and Minor Victories are two completely different, different, mm. uh, you know, things in that respect. So, um, yeah, it's in t- it's entirely different. But I honestly think I'll just wing it. And some, I might go through months where, I mean, like some some of the minor victory stuff like folk art I had that music for six months before I wrote any words to it and the vocal melody it just took me ages and then at some point it became the right time and it it flowed so yeah I don't I I can never explain it I'm not one of these people that will sit I, I mean I know musicians that will kind of sit and sit and try and write every day and and that's great. And if you if you can, and I kind of look at them and think, oh my god, you know, I really admire the fact that you have that level of, I don't know, desire or creativity in you that you that you can do that all the time. I just can't do that. Yeah, I just go through peaks and troughs with it. Yeah, but I think that's okay though, because totally. I mean, clearly, it's working out for you. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it works yeah but I, I wing it yeah I wing it don't we all to some extent probably I mean how what about you how do you what about your writing uh, I actually am one of those people that like to just like get thrown into a room and force myself to do it okay uh, which I guess is a form of winging it um, this project actually started because I played this sick game with myself where I wanted to write and record a song every day for the month of June. So I have like 30 really shitty songs. <laughs> like, And actually, it was a really great um, exercise for me because probably half of the last record and half of this record are just uh, stealing from those snippets of just... It's kind of just like... It helped me create just a lot of raw material. Yeah. And then to go back and, uh, you know, the structure is basically there and just like adding to it um, and like editing it basically yeah. uh, it helps me a lot because it's like it's like the beginning steps of approaching this like creative expanse is like more limited so you can like take uh, what's already there and, and develop it so that mm. I ne- that was like something that happened I think three years ago and now just like the way that I, I write music but it's cool I think that's probably a really good way to do it <laughs> I should probably try that sometime <laughs> <laughs> I think that I should probably just <laughs> just continue to wing it because that's <laughs> it but I but I think that's a really, that is also a really good way of doing uh, that's a really good way of doing it because of you will you will get stuff out there that that's fucking great you know maybe not every day but yeah maybe, maybe yeah. you will I surprisingly like only despise like five out of thirty songs I think are like mortifying but okay uh, well that's good. But you, 25 is pretty good, right? Like, uh, I think that's really, really, really good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't release them as is, like, uh, but to go back and have, like, raw material like that was, like, really helpful yeah. for me. and I think that way you're, you're constantly growing as a writer. Yeah, you are. Right? Yeah, I'd like to do it again. I definitely, uh, mentally, it was pretty strenuous because, <laughs> like, I think I was working three jobs at the time too and I was oh just carving God. out weird like five minute uh, sessions and some really weird stuff comes out of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it's all good experience. It's all good experience. What have you been listening to lately? Um, that's a really good question. I'm like, fuck, what have I been listening to lately? Mainly the new slow dive record to learn the words, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I actually have pretty much only been listening to my own record. That's what the happens. Past month. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what happens. You get totally like suckered into it. And, and you know, at, at the moment, I'm like every day, I'm putting it on and going, do you know the words? The words? And I think, is Neil going to know the words? We're doing pre-production rehearsals on Saturday and Sunday. I'm like, has Neil going to have learnt them? Probably not. And, <laughs> you know, that's my thing. I love your record. Thank the last you. record. Great. That's, really yeah, like that's that. the only reason I asked that. I was hoping that you said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really like that. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Well, I can't, I can't wait to tour with you. I'm very excited. Thank you so much for having my little band <laughs> along for the ride. We are very excited to have you with us. We will have a laugh. We will have a laugh. It will be fun. I can't wait. I'm Elia Einhorn, and you've been listening to Rachel Goswell and Michelle Zahner on the TalkHouse Music Podcast. Subscribe on Stitcher or iTunes for upcoming talks. If you like the TalkHouse Music Podcast, rate us on iTunes so others can discover us. Today's episode was recorded by Mark Yoshizumi and Rachel Goswell and mixed by Mark Yoshizumi. Till next time. With that kind of illness, I feel like you can't really project without having fear of like projecting <laughs> <Projectile>. elsewhere. <laughs> yeah.